0: Um, the atheist philosopher Bertrand Russell, when he was advancing in years, uh, he famously said, the older I get, the more nervous I become. The older I get, the more nervous I become. Now, I hope that's not how you're feeling this morning as you are here today. Uh, as, you, as We are at the beginning of the start of another year. Instead, I hope that you sit here this morning... Um, you are instead feeling like Jonathan Edwards. You see, when Jonathan Edwards was on his deathbed as he was dying, uh, just a few minutes before he died, he looked around the room and said, Now where is Jesus, my true and never-failing friend? Then, of course, Jonathan Edwards closed his eyes. And people around him thought he was gone, that he had died. But... To everyone's surprise, he suddenly uttered his final words. He said, Trust in God, and you need not fear. Trust in God, and you need not fear. You know, I love the final words of those final words of Edwards because they remind me of the attitude I should have in my life. They remind me of the attitude that every follower of Jesus should have, especially when life feels anxious. We must trust in God and not fear. We must trust in God because He is our only true helper. And as we look to God, as we trust in God rather than ourselves, His comforts drive away our fears. And my goal over the next two messages in Psalm 121. Uh, is to encourage you to surrender your fears to God. This psalm, as you know if you are here last week, is part of the Psalms of Ascent. It says there, a song of ascents. And as I said last week, the Psalms of Ascent are Old Testament songs sung by pilgrims as they went up to Jerusalem. They would have done that before the time they went into foreign exile in Babylon and also after the exile. So Nehemiah, Ezra, Haggai, and others, even Daniel would have sung these songs. And the common theme of the songs is quite simple really. It is that the people of God love God. They loved God. Not just God, they love the city of God, Zion, Jerusalem. Even as a first danger in the world. And so today we are, as I said, in Psalm 121, this wonderful psalm, wonderful psalm. And its key message is that when we feel anxious, we must look to God who keeps us. When we feel anxious, we must look to God who keeps us. And we're going to look at this psalm, as I said, in two parts. Initially I thought, let me do it in one part, but I thought, and then I thought three parts, but then I decided just two. We're going to look at it in two parts. This morning, I just want to focus on verse 1 to verse 4. And then next Sunday, we're going to look at verse 5 to verse 8. Now, the first truth I want us to observe, which is in your outline, verse 1 to 4 is teaching us, is that the world makes us feel anxious. The world makes us feel anxious. The world is a place of many dangers and threats that often make us feel nervous, worried, anxious, afraid, and even terrified sometimes in our lives. Now the people of God in the Old Testament, the people of Israel, also experienced these fears. We see this in this psalm of ascent we are looking at right now. When Psalm 121 was written, the pilgrims used to go up to Jerusalem to worship God, and they came from many parts of Israel, and as I said, they also came from abroad. Right? Now, at that time, you couldn't just call Uber, right? You couldn't just say Uber. Look, take me to the House of the Lord in Jerusalem. You couldn't do that. Going to church often, I think, for them was a long and dangerous trip to get to Jerusalem. They sometimes met robbers on the way, hiding in the hills. You see, the hills provided cover for mobs who caused them great harm, who brought great problems for the travelers. And this psalm was one of the songs on the prayer list, if you like, right? It was one of the songs the pilgrims sang to encourage them on their journey. To encourage them to look to God. They, they literally, if you like, if it was today, put this one in the, in the, you know, in the, as a CD. You know, song number two, right? In the car, on their donk mobile, as it says. As, on the way there, right? They would literally sing or pray this as they hit the road. And this is why this song starts with the singer acknowledging the danger on the road. Look at this one. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? You know, in some odd rendering of the version, this is put as if the psalmist is looking to the hills for help. No, the psalmist, as rightly rendered in the ESV, is looking at the danger that is in the hills. We can picture the psalmist lifting his eyes and looking to the hills when the sun grows dim. And as he looks out, he starts to feel uneasy. He does not know what is lacking in those hills. So he poses the question to himself. I look, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? He's asking, where can I find help against the potential danger that I cannot see lacking in the hills? And we know the psalmist... Is concerned about some danger because in verse 6 and verse 7, he reassures himself that God will keep him from losing his life. Look at that. That's what he says in verse 7. He says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. The Lord will keep your life. He will keep you from dying in the, from the hills. Now, we're not told everything is filling in verse 1, right? And I think the reason for that is... This is because the point of verse 1 is to help each Jewish pilgrim to confess their own anxieties to God as they are on the road. The hills, if you like, are a general threat to the pilgrims. And you are meant to insert your own, so to speak, fear as you are on this journey to Jerusalem. And it's not just the Jewish pilgrims, beloved. All of us here, reading this some 2,500 years later. It is for us. This one is encouraging you to admit that the world is making you feel anxious. All of us here experience anxiety in our lives. It is human to feel fear. Our anxiety or fear carry a very simple message. What is it? What what message does anxiety carry? Well, the message is this. It says to our hearts, something I value or treasure in my life is under threat. Something bad might happen to something that I care about. I am afraid of losing something. In verse 1, the psalmist is anxious about his health, isn't it? He rightly does not want his family or friends to be injured or knifed to death. You know, today our neighbours and friends have this similar anxiety. The nation is looking at the heels of COVID, isn't it? Rising infections, rising death. And it is longing for any help to arrive I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come against COVID? Where will help come to keep me safe? And it is not just COVID, isn't it, making us anxious. Remember, anxiety points directly to what we value in our lives. So anything in our lives can be a source of anxiety. We value many things. Family, wealth, acceptance... Comfort, getting good grades at school. Our children, of course. Jobs, a good church, our homes. The list is endless. And probably as I speak about this, you're already feeling anxious about something. You see, the more you value something, the more you feel anxious. So when I used to play chess, right, I used to play uh, competitive chess at a county level, right? I was always anxious when we had our first game of the season or the last game of the season, depending on where we were on the leaderboard. And usually just you feel anxious every game because everything depended on it. But you see, when I play online now, right, it's just a hobby. I don't worry about losing. I don't feel anxious when I want to play because it doesn't mean so much losing to another keyboard warrior. I mean... (laughs) He's out there, somewhere in Brazil, I'm here. It's no big deal, right? You see, the point is this. As long as you are human, you will value some things in life more than others. And when that thing you value in life is threatened, you will feel anxious. So in one sense, I just want to encourage you this morning. It is normal to feel anxious that feeling is not always immediately sinful in of itself it can be sinful but not all anxiety is sinful most of the time it is our response to anxiety that is sinful we will touch on that later of course uh, as we go through this psalm and later on The key point I just want to make us understand at this moment is this. The world often makes us feel anxious. And most most of the time we know that we are feeling anxious. We know that. We feel it physically. A shortness of breath perhaps. Increased heart rate. That's how I feel sometimes when I'm anxious. Tense muscles. Right? Many thoughts resting in our head right and of course over time when we are anxious our anxiety if it keeps being there it can generate other physical problems digestive issues headaches fatigue and many many other symptoms we cannot pin down you see the point i'm trying to make is that anxiety in our lives does not just rob us of peace and happiness. It can destroy our physical health. And that's why we as Christians must take this issue of anxiety seriously. The COVID happening to us is a real issue, the pandemic. It's plunging many people, many believers into deep anxiety. And that's why it matters. That's why we should be thankful we are here at Psalm 121. It can be uncomfortable for us just to think about that. But we should thank God that Psalm 121 is here to allow us to reflect and think about this. Because you see, sometimes we are not aware that we are anxious. We, sometimes, sometimes we feel it, but sometimes we're not. And so we should ask the question, where should we look for evidence that we may be anxious? Well, the obvious thing is you should check your behavior. Or ask someone to help you check your behavior. Are you always checking to make sure things are just spot on? Do you always want to be in control? Are you afraid of taking risks? Are you afraid of others? Does it worry you when you see others taking some risks? And of course anxiety often reveals itself in the tendency to ask in our head the what if questions. right? What if I do not have enough money to cover this or that? What if my brother never recovers from this sickness? What if the government closes the churches again? What if this is really the end? And of course remember if we value something when it is under threat there is a good chance we are anxious about it even if we don't feel anxious. Because as I said, most of the time we are blind to our feelings. So as we gather here this morning, you may be thinking, well, the pastor is talking about fears, anxieties, I don't feel like that. The truth of the matter is that if you value anything, your child or anyone, grandchild, anything, any person, the chances are that you are experiencing anxiety and So the question for us this morning is not whether you are anxious or not. I just want to encourage you, if you're anxious, the question is not whether you are just feeling that on your own. We all are in the same boat. We, we are all in a spectrum, you might say. The chances are that we, always, we, are, well, we all are. We may just differ in the severity to which we are experiencing issues. So the question isn't, are you anxious or not? The question for you this morning is, what are you doing with your anxiety? Where are you turning for help? Who or what is your helper? You see, when something we value is threatened, our instinct is to find safety and regain control and ensure that that bad thing never threatens me ever again. And we see this with the COVID-19 pandemic around us, don't we? Our society currently feels threatened. All of us want to be safe again. We are desperately looking to government to keep us safe. And in our desperation, this country that I've grown to love and care about has done something that I never even saw or experienced growing up as a young village boy under one party state in Zambia. It has done something unexpected it has turned every house in the UK as a government-run prison. You can only live or enter your house under the term set by Mr. Johnson. I'm not questioning the reason, I'm just questioning that even me as a boy growing up in Zambia and a communist or socialist regime, we never had that. And so I had to ask myself this question. And it's a question I want to throw out to you. Why have we accepted to live under North Korean conditions? Because we are afraid of death. That's the answer. We are afraid of death. And we desperately want Her Majesty's government to get rid of it for us or delay it for us. You see, we not just want COVID-19 controlled. We want it now eliminated. Some are talking about pursuing a zero-COVID strategy. And of course, that is why the country is pinning its hopes on the vaccine. You might say the vaccine now has become the new blood of Christ. If we take that vaccine, perhaps we would live longer. Now I'm mentioning COVID-19 simply to, because it nicely brings together these three things, you see, safety, control, and certainty. These are the things that we are looking for for government because they're the normal responses in whatever issue of life when you feel threatened. I just want to encourage you this morning, look, all these three things are good and right things, right? It is good to one's safety. It is good to one's certainty. It is good for you to be in control. Right? There are right things for us to have in face of danger. The problem is that they can go bad very quickly. Chasing safety is good until you cling to it so tight that you are not willing to experience danger to be with others or even obey God's commands. It is good for us to desire to be in control of our lives, but sometimes it can lead people to police and persecute people who do not agree with their view. You see, the problem is not that we want safety from danger, beloved. The problem is that we are looking to ourselves and the others to give us the safety, control, and certainty that only God can provide. And because we are trying to be God, it makes us emotionally and spiritually worse. And the psalmist knew this. So after encouraging all the pilgrims, after encouraging all of us to admit we are anxious, he reminded himself for our benefit, that God is our only true help. And that is the second truth we learn here, isn't it? Truth number one, sometimes life makes us feel anxious. But here is the good news. The good news is that God is our powerful helper against danger. The God of the Bible is the only person qualified to help us against Danger is only qualified to help us when we feel threatened by any danger in our lives because he created all things. Look at this too. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The psalmist is saying we respond to our anxiety by reminding ourselves that this universe we live in, all that is in it, including us, did not create itself. Everything was created by God. And everything is owned by God. And He directs everything that happens, and He sustains everything. My help comes from the Lord, Yahweh, who made heaven and earth. In other words, our powerful Creator is a sleepless guardian of the universe. He never dozes off. He is always active in the world He has made. And if you're a child of God, if you're a follower of Jesus, you know it gets better, don't you? It gets better because the Bible says this omnipotent creator has come to be with us in Jesus. He has come to be our perfect, present, and permanent helper in Christ. The head-shaking truth of the Bible is that God has a human face. God has put on a human face. Jesus is the creator who holds the very fabric of the universe. The very fabric of space, time, space, and time together. And that passage we read in Colossians reminds us of that, not it? He is the image of the invisible God, we read in Colossians. The firstborn over all creation. And Paul goes on to say in Colossians 1 16, 17 that Christ sustains all things, He Himself holds the universe together. And Hebrews chapter 1 says that Christ sustains it by the power of his word. And as we read the four biographies of our Lord Jesus in the Bible, we see this helping power of Christ on display. We saw it when we went through Mark, didn't we? The Lord Jesus used his power to heal the sick, raise the dead, drive out demons, calm our storms, feed the hungry, and grant faith to believe. And above all, our Lord Jesus died in human witness on the cross to pay the price for our sins, to defeat death, Satan, and hell for us forever. And you know what's remarkable? The infinite power and greatness of Jesus was demonstrated in his life at his weakest moment. Right there on the cross, Jesus gave us the greatest help we we ever need in life. You see, it is great to have help from Jesus from many dangers we face in life. But do you know that the greatest danger you face this morning is the danger of hell? And so, the greatest help you need this morning, that every human being needs, is for Jesus not to rescue you from COVID. Not to rescue you from anxiety it to your children or anxiety it to your job. No, the greatest rescue you need is rescue from the hands of a hungry God. It's to be rescued from the eternal punishment at the hands of the everlasting God. And Jesus has come to take that anxiety away by offering himself as a once for all sacrifice on the cross for you. And if you are trusting in Jesus this morning, He has done it for you. He has already powerfully defeated the powers of sin, death, Satan, and hell for you. And if Jesus has done this for you, beloved, oh, what more friends, what more COVID, what more other threats, what more other anxieties you face? He has power over that too. He has done, we, we you know, Paul speaks of the greater to the lesser. He has done the greatest thing for you. How can he surely not do this other thing for you? Keep yourself within the current dangers you are facing. In Jesus, the floodgates of God's powerful help are flowing for us, they are open. Our search for safety, control, and certainty in life is over. Jesus is our only true helper. So you and I do not need to endlessly flip the BBC. You and I do not need to endlessly sit by ourselves worrying about what's coming with work, what's coming with our jobs, what's going to happen with the kids. You do not need to go through 2021 burdened by anxieties. You must start this year confident, the almighty God, the creator of the ends of the earth, Jesus, your creator, is your true helper. No one here can guarantee safety. No one here is in control of their lives. You're not. No one here knows for sure what will happen at the end of this year. No one does. Think about last year. Were you really expecting who and to flood there as it were? No. You had no idea. Think about the journey you took last year. You had no idea what happened. So what you need is not more of you. No. What you need is not more of the government. It's not more of other people. What you need is more of God. What you need is this infinite person. This Jesus the answer to my anxiety your anxiety is first and foremost to ensure you have a true relationship with this person our God and Savior Jesus Christ and you do that by acknowledging you're a sinner repenting of your sin trusting only in the death of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins surrender your life ensure look. The way, what is going on in the world is God's alarm to you. Get right with God now, beloved. The world has nothing to offer. So surrender your life to God today. Let Jesus become your powerful helper. Do not face this dangerous world alone. Face it. Well, let Jesus face it for you. That's what I need to say. Let Jesus face it for you. If you are already trusting in Jesus. If you have already repented. Then what you and I need to do this morning. Is to keep looking to Jesus. To cast our fears and anxieties upon God. Our powerful help. And this is the third and final truth. We learn in this first four verses of this psalm. So the first Truth in your outline there is what? Sometimes the world makes us feel anxious. The world makes us feel anxious. That's the first truth. That's the bad news. The good news is that God is our powerful helper against danger. That's the second truth. Well, how should we respond to that? Well, truth number three we must look to God, not ourselves. We must look to God, not ourselves. The antidote to your anxiety this morning is to know and admit in your heart that your life is not in your hands. It is what means that your life is in the hands of the powerful God, our powerful help. And the consequence of that is that you need to look to God to look after you and nothing else. And this is the key point the psalmist is making in these four verses. As you read the Bible, you need to step back sometimes. And when you step back from verse 1 to 4, right, you notice there's a shift in these verses. In verse 1 to 2, the emphasis is on what the psalmist is doing and what he wants. Did you notice? I lift up my eyes to the ear. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, right? The emphasis is very much on the self, right? And his needs. But when we get to verse 3 onwards, the emphasis is is on what God is doing and how he fulfills the needs of the psalmist. Let's just look at verse 3 to 4. Look at that. It's all about God, isn't it? He will not let your foot be moved, he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. In fact, when you go to verse 5, as we'll see next week, the emphasis is clearly on the Lord, the he. The identity of the he is completely revealed as he were. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shed on your right hand. Right? Verse 7, the Lord will keep your life, you from all evil. He will keep you, not you. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. Right? So you see, the psalmist starts off anxious. But now his anxiety is being replaced by a fresh understanding that life is not about what we can do for ourselves, it's about what God is doing for us. And whatever situation we we, we are in, we must never forget that. We must never forget that we live under the watchful eyes of our sleepless guardian. You see, we stay anxious about many things because we are trying to be God. We are trying to take control from God rather than lose control to God. And the psalmist is saying, no, 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 no. We need to change our perspective. We need to turn away from self-focus and be God-focused. We need to trust God to look after us. Not the government, not yourself, not the best science. Trust him. And of course, here's a question, isn't it? And this is the main point. All of the sermon comes down to this question. How do we do that? How do we do that? What is the view of a psalmist about how we do that? But well, this is the only thing you need to remember in the whole sermon. It is this. It's very difficult for us to do that, but it is this. We do this by praying to God to help us remember what we always forget. What do we always forget? We forget that God is already looking after us. God is already looking after you now. That is the big truth of verse 3 to 4. Look at that. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Have you noticed the interesting shift in tenses within these verses? The psalmist says, God won't let anything happen to me tomorrow or now. How can he be so sure? Well, he says, because God is already keeping me now. He is confident Because God is already keeping him and the rest of God's people. Twice, he uses the present tense. He who keeps him or keeps Israel. And this is what we need to remember. And when I look at these verses, the penny dropped. I was like, this is my problem. This is my problem. The psalmist is saying, "Chola." God is already giving you the protection you need. You're already living under his roof. Do you think you've sustained yourself up to now? You're already being kept by God. You are his self-deposit. And because God has already proved his faithfulness, because God is already doing that for you now today, your safety tomorrow is guaranteed, It's assured. The problem is that you forget God is already at work now. Sometimes we're so taken up worrying about the future, we forget to enjoy and be thankful for the love and care that God is giving us in the now, beloved. In the now. Oh, of course we want other things. Of course we want more care from God. Of course we want assurance. Of course we want, for example, just to be happy, sing hymns, enjoy fellowship, and just enjoy our work and ensure that everything's well. Are we forgetting what God is doing in the now? You are alive, aren't you? You are not dead. And I think all of you here have a job still, right? I think. Are we forgetting all of those things? Right? Our anxiety about whether God will keep our church or our job or some other things is because we forget that we are already in our father's care. There are other things we want God to do for us, but we forget what he's already doing. Now, this does not mean that because God is keeping your job today, you won't lose it tomorrow. No. The point, listen to me, the point is not the means, it is about the end. The point is not about the means, it is about the end. What do I mean? Well, God has promised to be there for your needs, right? Not your wants, for your needs. Now, he's currently doing that through your current job. But if you are fell or you lose your job, you can trust that the God who has provided for your needs will provide for you another way. Now, of course you are alive today, but tomorrow you you may die tomorrow. You may not be here next Sunday. Does that mean God has failed in keeping you? No, because absent in body present with Christ. You see, the point is not the means, it is the end. The point is that whether in life or death, whether without a job or with a job, whether with a child struggling in this situation or not struggling, God is still caring for you as he knows best. And his best is very good. His best is infinitely perfect. So look to God to look after you. And that starts with asking God to help you see where he's keeping you now. Ask God to help you see and appreciate the many different ways he has already kept you in 2020. And will powerfully keep you in, the, in this year. You see, the issue, beloved, is not whether God is powerful enough or he cares enough about you. He does. You know that already. You know he's powerful. You know he loves you, right? The cross proves it. The question is, do you trust God to keep looking after you? And the psalmist is saying, we have every reason to trust God to look after us, because God is already doing it. We do not need to ask whether God loves us, because He's already taught us, and He's already proved us. Yes, the world is making us feel anxious. But the big picture is that our true and powerful helper against danger, our Lord Jesus, is already keeping us. So then, brothers and sisters, when we feel anxious, what are we supposed to do? Well, let us present our worries before God. Let us cast all our burdens and cares on Him. Let us trust in Jesus to look after us. Trust in Jesus and do not fear. Trust in Jesus and do not fear. Amen.